Hey everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. So we are joined today by Sam. Now Sam does a hell of a lot for charity and I should have done this podcast some time ago. Um, if any of you have been watching for a while, you will remember Kadea or Sophie, who was on longer ago than I thought, like a year and a bit ago. Um, I only thought it was a few months, but I've actually moved since then, so I should have known. Um, and Sophie was the person that said, go and check out um, Obi-Wan uh, Shinobi, which is Sam, on, on Twitch, and he does a lot for charity and should be able to help. So um, finally, I managed to get my act together when I saw Sam show up in a charity stream for Kadea. So I um, thought I'd reach out when I was reminded of it. So how are you doing, Sam? Apart from the internet issues we're having, how are you doing? Apart from internet issues, I'm doing really well. I don't know what's up with my internet tonight. It's if you if you listen to this and it suddenly stops and sounds like we're recording it at a different time, it's because my internet has dropped out for the 500th time in the last 20 minutes. It's like my internet knew I had something important. Went, we're not going to work now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Um, I wish I could uh, pretend. I'm just looking at myself in the camera and realizing just how white and pale I am. I've even changed it so it is a, is a yellower light, and I'm still pale as this. So it's it's, it's fun. Mine is all the Elgato lighting. Lighting. One of my lights isn't working because of my internet issues, but I don't want to touch it because whenever I try to add the the, the light, my internet leaves. So I'm just leaving that one off for now, <laughs> and I'll fix that at another time that isn't now. Lighting is always fun. If any of you out there are thinking of starting on on social media, on Twitch or YouTube or anything like that, lighting is the biggest goddamn problem <laughs> that I've had anyway. Lighting and audio. Your lighting and audio settings will never be the same. Anytime you turn your computer on, your audio settings will change themselves. Oh, yeah, it, it's hellish, especially if you use Discord, which let's be honest, if you're especially if you're using Twitch, you're going to use Discord. Uh, <laughs> and it hate, it definitely hates us in Europe anyway. Um, Almost definitely. Right. <laughs> I've ordered my this. I've got a second mixer arriving next week because I've, I've tried like six or seven different audio interfaces and I'm like okay I hope this is finally the one that saves me a headache yes it is always fun because those of you that watch the podcast and, and follow me will also know that I appear on other people's podcasts but because of Twitch most of the people's podcasts I appear on are in America and they do this via discord and I bang my head against the wall for at least 20 minutes um, so, <laughs> I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, obviously, um, Sophie said to contact you because of charity stuff. Um, and actually, I mean, <laughs> quite um, ironically, Sophie actually came into my stream before I took the last three months off saying that she'd like me to be involved in a charity thing. And then I took three months off and it was like, shit, I forgot. Um, but <laughs> but there we go. But I know you do a lot for charity. And obviously, um, anyone out there will know I do um, a lot because in memory of my, my late wife, I do a lot for Brains Trust, um, uh, basically everything for Brains Trust. Even though I have my own charity, the trustees of my charity know I only raise money for Brains Trust. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the the way it is um i'm doing a skydive soon so you know hopefully once the doctor says i'm not going to break my ankle well it should be all fine so i obviously do one, one thing you'll never catch me doing is skydiving that and helicopters won't go near them it's the one that terrifies me the most and that's why i wanted to do it i am i am a little i don't want to say irritated but i don't like the fact that it's probably the one i've raised the least money for even though it's the one i'm most terrified for even, you know, I did 15 marathons in 15 days last year and I raised um, a decent amount for that. But uh, I'm like, yeah, but I'm a runner. So that's not difficult. For yeah. Me. Out of a plane is a 
fucking problem. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've made a mistake. Luckily, I haven't had to follow through with it yet, but I do St. Jude every year. I have done since St. Jude kicked off in 2014 with their streaming. And two years ago, I teamed with Xavier Woods, the professional wrestler from WWE. Yeah. And I said, if we raise 2,500, I'll let him give me a wrestling chop, like the proper slap across the <laughs> chest. This or last year now, technically, I teamed with No Dunks, the NBA podcasters, and we raised like 29 grand. I didn't set them any sort of challenge, so I'm like, I should have done this the other way around. I should have made the <laughs> much bigger sum than one where I end up getting in pain. So next time I run into Xavier Woods or we're at the same convention, he gets to bare hand slap me across the chest. I, th- oh. I, think, he'll get, I think he'll be able to sign his name across <laughs> my chest as well, where his handprint lives. It turns into a tattoo where they just go around yeah. the handprint. <laughs> so i mean what got you obviously you know as i say i mean i've, I've done stuff for charity in, in the past and for a long time but obviously i have a, a very specific um reason obviously to help brains trust um literally when my wife was dying i didn't know what the fuck to do and asked her what do i do i'm not a brain surgeon it was brain cancer so i, I can't i don't know what to do you know i can't hit anything which is the the very kind of you know, toxic masculine response of I need something to fucking hit. Um, and she'd said to help brains trust, you know, she was a nurse and that was the people she wanted to help. So I have a reason specifically. What was there something that specifically like jumped out at you um, making it the, oh, I've got to help St. Jude or I've got to help whoever? Um, well, for me, it started with I had just left the like professional acting industry because I hated how it ran. I had done like years of training, I went to acting school, went to the Central School of Speech and Drama, had done extra work in movies like Kick-Ass, and had been in the TV show Misfits. And after all that, after like a two, three years of doing like the, I'm going to be a professional actor, grandioso, I was like, this industry is awful. There's so many awful people in this world. My agent was one of the worst people you could ever meet and... There's literally a Facebook group, which is like 6,000 actors deep in the UK banding together over the hate of this particular agent. I didn't know at the time. I would never have signed with him if I had known. And I then got a phone call from somebody who my brother went to school with. We went to the same school, but my brother's four years older than me. Hmm. And so uh, it was Adam Savage on the other end uh, who works at Jinx TV. And he was like, hey, I know you're into gaming. I know you're doing your acting stuff. But in between gigs, do you want to come do an internship? And I was like... Yeah, like I'm looking for a reason to get getting out of acting anyway, so this would be cool. Uh, like to work on a TV show, but in video gaming, it's a different aspect of the career that I hadn't really thought of before. Yeah. And during that, on my first day, they're like, "What can you bring to the table? Like, we'll teach you everything that we can, but we like our interns to give us something new as well." And I was like, and "This is 2014, and I'd started streaming on Twitch in 2011." And I was like, "Oh, what are you guys doing on Twitch?" And they were like. About two minutes of silence go by, and I was like, "Does like I was like, did I not do my research? Are they like huge on Twitch already?" They're like, and then like the CFO was like, "Nobody here knows what Twitch <laughs> is. Can you tell us?" I was like, "Well, have you heard of Amazon?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, they're buying Twitch right now for a billion dollars," and that's when you steal the CFO and the CEO goes, "We want a piece of that cake." Uh, and so I was then leading up producing all of their Twitch uh, content. I actually got their first partnership deal with Twitch. Uh, they'd never streamed before, but a guaranteed partner on their very first stream. Uh, we had the front page for our very first stream because Twitch was very interested in getting TV advertising. Um, so what we did, we had a TV show called The First Hour, which was a pre-recorded TV show. And then after the first hour, we would transition straight onto Twitch for the second hour. 
Right. And it was like, so we advertised Twitch on TV and we got the front page lot. And for our second ever stream like that, we made it a charity stream uh, because Lucy James, who now at GameSpot, who I was learning under, uh, was in, t- in contact with Special Effect. And we raised something like £10,000 in 24 hours. And I was just there going, did we really do that? <laughs> like we, we had like average con- viewership of like 25, but somehow raised like £10,000. I was just like, you know what? This is the future of fundraising. This is where, like, cake sales, bake sales, that's going out the window. I need to make this happen for more and more people. Mm. There is a huge gap in the market here. Uh, so I then was reaching out to different charities, not really hearing back, especially in the UK. They didn't have a clue what Twitch was. They didn't want to touch it. And mm. um, and then I ran, I was at a boot, uh, sorry, I was at a convention called RTX, which is Rooster Teeth Convention. And I was making a documentary just because I wanted to hone my like, hosting skills, filming skills, and editing skills. So I was just making stuff in my spare time like, while streaming on Twitch. And I met the C, C, COO of a charity called Operation Supply Drop. And we got chatting and he was asking me what the documentary was about and he'd asked me what I'd done before and I mentioned that I'd done some charity streaming and he was like, we're looking for someone who can like help us launch us into the gaming industry more because we've got all like their care packages. They supply uh, video game care packages to troops across the world uh, and on home bases to give them that their motto was make fun of where there is none and to give them like a sense of normality whilst they're deployed or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I can do this. So I did this in my spare time. I was working at a video game store called Game, the classic English video game store. Yeah. And like during English hours and then in US hours, working for Operation Supply Drop, uh, doing like, outreach and building what became known as 8-Bit Salute. And eventually I made that my full-time job. And so I ran that program for about four and a half years and had my own company to make it viable because if you get employed by a US company or US charity, but you live in England, you get taxed twice, which is never fun, especially when working in the charity industry, it's not exactly the most lucrative industry in the world. So I was like, don't want to charge them like excessive amounts, but also want to be able to afford to live. Mm. Um, so I obviously made my own company, so I only got taxed on this end and started reaching out to more and more charities. And that's how I ended up. Um, I've worked with so many amazing charities now. It's pretty incredible. And like even now charities will message me like hey we're just starting up how do we use discord how do we get onto twitch and i like i will do introductory like sit down chats and like this is like this is how i would do it i build their discord server for them i have it i have a template that i give to charities like this is a template for how good charity servers should be run and how they look and if you're in like a lot of the uk charity servers you're like this one looks familiar to this one is probably because i gave them all the same template (laughs) It, it, it works. works. Like, you don't want to overcomplicate things when it comes to like, yeah. that information. It is amazing how, how, how little charities know, but at least they are starting to actually reach out. I mean, oddly enough, I won't mention the charity because one, I don't know whether they're actually going to do it, um, go on Twitch, and two, I don't know whether they would like me to mention that they contacted me because I don't necessarily fit. I'm a bit more of the aggressive um, mental health side so <laughs> I may not fit their brand but myself and another streamer called Mindset by Dave who is another British mental health streamer um, they actually approached us 
um, this, this charity approached us just going, okay, what do we do? Like, we want to get onto Twitch. We think we should probably get on Twitch. What the fuck do we do? And we're there, <laughs> it's just, but it's weird because, you know, this is a huge charity. And we're there going, I'm sorry, why are you, <laughs> like, how has this not been part of your discussion beforehand? Because, you know, neither myself nor Mindset by Dave are partners. We're both affiliates, but we're not partners. Mm-hmm. But it was also quite gratifying in the same, in the same uh, vein that clearly someone from the charity had seen our streams, we're both mental health streamers, and gone, oh, okay, this, we like this. This, this. this kind of fits with our thinking. So we contact those guys. But it was quite weird. And it is, it is strange to think that they're, they're reaching out to streamers um, and to you know, other people. But I suppose if there's, you know, it's new to a lot of people. And it, is, it really is. We had and a discussion before we were on, on stream of like when we both had discussions with people and you said there with with um, the people you worked with, and they just don't know what Twitch is. They don't know how the your it, Internet should work for Twitch. They don't know how anything yeah. works. It blew my mind. that I, I know 2014 was still early Twitch days. Like at the time, my Twitch URL was still jesslin.tv forward slash Obi-Wan because I've had my account since 2010. And even then it was still redirecting. But I was just like this video, this channel, all they do is make video game content on tv is like how do they not know what twitch was <laughs> yeah. i just realized that uh because of my mirror you can see yourself so I'm i did bring, i saw that yeah I know. i'm gonna bring up something that hopefully let me there we go <laughs> uh hang on i need to flip it how can i flip uh edit yeah that's over that's over it I did notice. I did notice that a minute ago as well. So yeah, that's over me. That's that's in the right place. It's covered me up. It's backwards. It's mirrored for whatever reason, but it won't let me mirror it. Oh, and also there's a random sniffing dog. <laughs> I don't know where that's come from. Since I turned that on. Uh, <laughs> is this part of your Twitch setup? Is <laughs> well because I have um, a DSLR that's too old to work with any other like all the new fancy software my camera is just too old because i bought it in like 2010 or 11 when i was making like short films i was like there's no point replacing this camera because it's so good but i have to use a program called sparko cam to get it to work and right. inbuilt stuff with sparko cam but for whatever reason i can't flip the, the heart around so it's it's backwards but it's fine but it's now covering the it's all a double good. image. I'm not, I'm not doubled up. I'm not doubled up. But yeah, it, it is like you say that people just just don't know, and it is it is really strange. Obviously, for myself, for Twitch is a little bit different because I always think of it as not just video games, and um, because the because I'm you know I'm I've got another channel that is tiny compared to my main channel because i started it because all of my friends on twitch played games and were like why the fuck aren't you playing games uh, <laughs> but i always said if i'm doing mental health i don't do games with mental health i do mental health and that's it so that's what my main channel is it's, it's all mental health but it mm-hmm. is it is quite it's quite interesting to see that you know like i say they, they reach out to people like that so you just kind of got it, it just kind of became a progression for you then where you yeah like it became a role and job that didn't exist in till I kind of made it a thing and it's just like I'm going to make charity streaming for charities a thing and I'm just going to go to every convention I can go to and get streamers to sign up and it was cool like at the very first Twitch con there was four charities that had booths from thanks to Tiltify and we and Operation Supply Drop was one of those four and so I've always thought of like St. Jude, Special Effect, Extra Life and Operation Supply Drop as like the four pillars that kind of launched charity streaming on twitch in that way and like paved the way and saint jude 
are always like the the charity I look to the most. Like whatever they're doing, other charities should be doing the same because they've mastered it. They've grown from year to year. They were like the original as well, and so it's it's cool to see them smashing it and doing so well still. Yeah, I think St Jude is always. I always think St Jude and YouTube and Extra Life and Twitch is it, for some reason in my head is how it kind of i think it's because of yeah. Rhett and link good mythical morning because they do st jude and they do the massive ones for st jude on mm-hmm. youtube obviously and then extra life seems to be because uh, i'm connected to so many as same as you so many american um streamers and people like that it, it's always extra life because it's something yeah. they can easily kind of connect to extra um, life was the first charity that i knew that did like the marathon events and doing like the 24 36 hour challenges kind of thing yes i ended up staying up because I there was a there was a run of people um, just going into each other, just um, raiding into each other, and I stayed up for the full seventy hours. I don't Oof. ever advise that. To no. people and out anybody there. No. anybody doing a charity stream, do not do a marathon stream. They are not good for your health. I have done countless thirty six, forty eight, twenty four hour streams. Don't do as we do. I've learned from my mistakes. <laughs> I will never do a marathon charity stream again because they just make you sick. And and yeah, they just they just aren't good. And the stuff no. you sometimes have to do just to get certain things. I mean, I did the last one I did was a 15 hour stream uh, in November. Um, and for for me, this is personally the worst thing about it. I was made to eat Marmite on stream, and that that alone is a reason that you shouldn't do charity streams <laughs> for marathons. The thing, the worst thing I've ever had to do for a charity stream wasn't even my charity stream. <laughs> was it was uh, it uh, Sophie's? No, no, it was. Uh, so my best friend uh, in the world is a wonderful Twitch streamer by the late by the name of Roxy Surf Chick. She was actually the first ever female streamer on Justin TV. Oh, nice. She she is like she paved the way, hmm. and um, she does Saint Jude every year. Every year she's been like she's like one of their top ambassadors every year, and one year as. Not, semi-serious because i thought yeah i could do this but it won't ever happen was i um i was like okay because she was streaming i was like and they were on like seven thousand raised or something i was like okay chat if you get to twelve thousand in the next half an hour whilst i'm away having my dinner i'll eat a carolina reaper when i go visit anna in the summer (laughs) i'm like it's just the hottest hottest chili that you can physically eat there's hotter chilies but they're fatal and I was like, that'd be fine. Like, I've got a fairly high tolerance. They, uh, this won't happen. I come back and they're already at like 20,000. I'm like, okay, so they raised 14,000 in half an hour whilst I was away. I'm screwed. <laughs> uh, what's worse is we filmed it, and, but the footage was corrupted. So all we, the only evidence of it is my friend's like Snapchat side view who was on the side, but I've never been in more pain from eating anything. Like the actual spice was fine. Like it didn't really hit me until about 10 minutes later. Then I was like, okay, am I... But the pain in my stomach that it caused, I was, it was like four o'clock in the morning. I'm on her sofa. I'm Googling, can Carolina Reapers burn a hole in your stomach? Oh, yes, they can. If I'm still in pain tomorrow, I might have to go to the hospital. Luckily, I didn't. Um, I found out that American cheeseburgers, that fake cheese from a chain called P. Terry's, was the ultimate cure for bad stomach and burning a hole. There so, you go, guys. There you go. Yeah. Gre- 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 well, greasy food, I think, is always Greasy food is always going to help, no matter what. <laughs> But if you have P. Terry's, if you're in Austin or if you're in Texas, P. Terry's is your savior when you do a super challenge. But, um, there you go. Yeah. It's, oh, actually, no. 
Sorry, tell a lie. The worst thing that's ever happened to me from a charity stream was um, I was at the Discord head office. I challenged them to raise £1,000 in the first hour whilst I was traveling to their office. Uh, they smashed that and they waxed me on stream. <laughs> and they made, when they waxed my chest, it was just just an outline of blood came like rushing out of my stuff. They like ripped it too hard. And I was just like, I'm just bleeding everywhere. Like we're breaking terms of service because you're not allowed to like actually do like harm on Twitch. I was like, Sorry, cover me up. My stomach is now just a bloody mess on there oh, on the studios. But like, cheers, Discord. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Oh, yeah. I've I've actually. I mean, I've been made to do hot sauces, but I mean, I make my own hot sauces, so I'm I'm very nice. Kind of okay with that. Like, I was made to do shots of hot sauce on on stream and things like that. Um, and it's it is interesting. I mean, if you're gonna do it, guys, obviously, you know, as we've just said, take care of yourself. <laughs> we're idiots that's that's kind of the part of it that's you know <laughs> we we've paved, we've paved the way by doing the dumb stuff you don't have to do that anymore exactly like, that's that's the way you know you look at us and just gonna go well i'm not gonna do they fucking did <laughs> <laughs> what, one of my favorites recently was i can't remember what streamer it is i think it was little sia but i can't be certain um pretty sure it was her was like if she raised three thousand, she'd treat herself to a spa day. I was like, that's what I should. Why wasn't I doing that when I was younger? When I was doing this like a lot, I missed out on spa treatments instead of eating spicy food and getting waxed twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly not the not the way to go for for me. No. So when you say like obviously this is for you the new way of raising money. So because obviously I've I've done a lot more fundraising on on Twitch um in the past i mean i've only been on twitch i'm a i'm a baby on twitch i've only been doing it for a, just over a, a year or so so yeah, um i in just, deep already I, well, i'm a i'm a monkey in a suit is the way i always describe myself i am you know i'm a mental health streamer that has my teaching in in um meditation and mindfulness and i have mm -hmm. the you know single, i have all that but i'm also the person that if trolls come in I, I will tell them where to go, possibly against TOS. I, I don't fucking care. Um, yeah. And I am that person that is very, very straightforward with people to the point is why I'm then, I'm then put onto the podcast. And I think that's why I've, I've suddenly gone from like um, absolutely nowhere <laughs> to like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're here now. And other, everybody else wants to be on podcast. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, we just don't think you're not the same as everyone else. I'm like, that's just because you're only listening to people from LA that run like yoga studios. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, listen to some Brits and you're, you're like, we're aggressively nice to each other anyway. You know, if you're down the pub saying hello to your mates, we're not nice when we do that. We no, it's 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 said with love, but it's not nice. It's yeah, you know, it's it's that um it's that thing from Reginald D. Hunter when he says it's interesting difference when he sees Americans introducing their friends and Brits. It's like Americans it's like, hey, this is Brad, he's a wonderful guy. You should really hang out with him. It's like in England, it's like, this is Dave, bit of a twat. You know, that's <laughs> it means the same. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, obviously um I've done a lot more with uh with Twitch there, but my mind still automatically tells me to do physical stuff. Because before this hit, before um, the pandemic hit, the last thing I'd done for charity before the pandemic was I did a 36-hour runaway. So, Oh, wow. So it was basically 36 hours, no money for food, no money for accommodation, no money for travel. If um, uh, family couldn't help you and you had to get as far away as possible within 36 hours, 
um and like like i say your family couldn't help you if anybody gave you money it couldn't be used to get tickets or food it had to be a donation if they give you money so people had to give you food or give you a ticket somewhere um i ended up in tel aviv um so uh we had that's my- impressive I, I don't, we did it for like three years. I went to Orberg, Orberg in the first year, then Fuerteventura, then Tel Aviv. Um, and so I'm in my head, I'm still used to that. I spent 10 years in sales. So I will never shut the fuck up. So I'll just keep talking until they eventually just go, fine, just take stuff. Um, I mean, I went, I have to say, I win that. I'm going to shout out, and I've probably done this before on, on Slips. I will shout out Stansted Airport as being the best people for charity stuff by far. So I went to Stanford Airport. Bear in mind, you know, 36 hours, you just got to go places. Tesco bought me a, um, a bus ticket, sorry, a train ticket to Stanford. When I got to Stanford, all I wanted was a teddy bear. I was like, if I get a teddy bear, I can auction it off. I'll be like, look, there's a teddy bear, auction it off for charity for Brains Trust. When I got there and asked the manager, she's like, and I explained everything, you know, why I was doing it, my wife and everything like that. And she went, let me see what I can do. And she came out with a Ralph Lauren weekender bag Inside was Versace, Marc Jacobs, just full, hundreds of pounds worth of stuff. And then just went, see if we can find you that bear as well. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> just hundreds of pounds worth of stuff. And like, they were absolutely fantastic, I have to say. But in my mind, that's still... That's amazing. That's, yeah, Stanford were fantastic. That's still like where I feel like I, I should go with charity. But... For you, is it the case that you think that's, there's still a place for that? Or it's that it's, pretty much everything think, is going online now? Or I still think there's very much a place for that because there's, you just can't do that online. And like it's, I mean, you, some people can live stream the whole thing or parts of it, but it's, you still need that physical activity. Mm. I just looked at it from the approach of like when like cake sales, bake sales and all that, like raffle bingos at your local like hall on a friday night that was done before internet really existed and before internet exists in the way that it does now Mm. and i just feel that we as people are evolving more and more digitally that there is more and more self-created celebrity and that's the thing that i think is great is that we have access to the celebrity life that we want to like i don't have to read about xyz person because i don't care about them Mm. but Someone like Dr. Lupo, I'm in, always interested in what he's doing because he's always doing something fantastic. He's always raising an amazing amount of money for St. Jude or another cause. Yeah. And I go back, that's awesome. And he, he has built his own, his own like, fame, but it wouldn't have been as, like 10, 20 years ago, we would, wouldn't have been in a place to do that. And the amount of people that have built their own steps, you know, okay, I can use this platform no matter how many followers you have, whether it's 10, where it's 10,000. You can make a difference just by doing a stream and that access to do that is becoming more and more available. So I just, I just saw it as like, that's where it's going. That's where charities need to be. They can be, they can be doing cake sales and tea sales and everything like that still, because there's still a demographic of that. The older generation is still going to love that. But for older charities to tap into the younger market, there's no better place to be than, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, like these live platforms where you can fundraise at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, absolutely with uh, finding your own kind of celebrity. I mean, an obvious person, 
and I'm going to say it's purely because she's been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, Chris, call me Chris, how you doing? Um, which I, I say that specifically because call me Chris followed me when she was on the first podcast. She's still following the channel now that we've uh, partnered as well. She's still there. That's which awesome. by far, but you know, the, the, every, every now and again, you get YouTubers go, so who's my most followed follower? It, it's call me Chris. I mean, she's on like 6 million <laughs> subscribers yeah. of course it's call me chris um but i mean call me chris is the obvious one i mean i the first time she came on this podcast she wasn't even i don't even think she was on a million yet um and now she's 40 million six million on on youtube and everything else so very much the same kind of thing she's created a career she now has an agent and is is kind of acting for it and everything as well and she i think in in a similar thing of she's done a lot of stuff with mental health as well she she made it for younger people um because much as we may be younger people to the older generation, you know, Call Me Chris is talking to the younger generation again. And so talking about her mental health is something that suddenly everyone, oh, we can talk about mental health now. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is really important and it is good to see that happening and, and that kind of widening out. Do you think, though, um, especially with older generations, with the charities, that they might be somewhat concerned about the legitimacy? Um, because I, I've heard this myself and I will be honest, I have worried because I had never heard of Tilify. I'd never heard of Tilify. So I've never used it for Twitch. And I know that people use it. And I know it's one of the most, um, yes, I know it's now one of the most used ones, but I, I literally just went, I don't want to use it because I don't know it. My charity don't know it. And it's just like, even me who's in this space. And I was still going, because part of your mind is always going, I don't know it, therefore it, it can't be right. And do you find there's a there's a pushback or are you massive? Yeah. Massive pushback. <laughs> uh the amount of charities I've gone into their offices and gone, why are you using Skype? Why are you use just using just given giving? Get rid of both now. You're hampering your own growth by using both of these platforms. Mm. And I'm like, here's Siltify, here's Discord, this will make your life much easier. Uh, and a lot of charities have like are so wary about signing up. They're like, we we don't know what this is. How does this work? And I'm like, well, do you want to be successful? Like, <laughs> like people will literally pay streamers ten, fifteen dollars just so their name appears on stream. And without Tiltify, that doesn't happen. I mean, yes, I know Just Giving have that access now, but Tiltify were the only ones to have that for charities mm. back in 2015 when things really like exploded in the charity streaming circle. And but just just the idea of being on Twitch scares so many charities, especially the ones in the UK. Um, like I've done a lot of um, contracting for different charities and getting them signed up and just going through the red tape. It, was, it blew my mind how much red tape they had just to sign up to the platform. Like the innovation teams are like, yeah, let's go for it. Then like legals, like, yeah, let's take us three months to come through. I'm like, my contract is only three months. Like, you're not going to go anywhere if this doesn't get done today. And it's just, it blew my mind of like how scared they are. The, the worst one though, uh, but thankfully now they are in the space and they'll get it, which is Great Ormond Street. Because mm -hmm. I look at Great Ormond Street as like the UK equivalent of St. Jude. And I'm like, I'm like, you could literally be these people. So I, I was offered free, my free service to them because I was like, they need to be in this space. This was like 2016. Mm. I was like, I can do this for you. This is who your US counterpart is. This is how it works. Would you be interested in free help for free fundraising to get your name in the door? Mm. 
an email back I got was like, if you'd like to make a donation, please follow this link. Goodbye. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's not what I said at all. Um, go for it. Right. Uh, and so they would, they just didn't, they were so, I guess, so dumbfounded by my question, they didn't even know what I was asking them. They didn't even know what was being presented to them at that time. But thankfully, now they are in the space, uh, little by little. But yeah, I was just like, wow. Like, whereas, like, because I worked for the US charity, that was literally the only red flag I had with working for Operation Supply Drop was I wasn't allowed to create a cosplay calendar to sell for charity because it couldn't be included in the supply crates in case it got sent to a country where that isn't allowed. Right. Yeah. I was like, okay, don't want to sort like problems. Like, I don't, want, I don't want to start like international relation problems by doing something like that. Got it. Everything else, like, yep, yeah, just run with it. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. Uh, British charities, especially, and the way the British charities exist does seem to be far more red tape, I've noticed. Um, I mean, the simplest thing would be, obviously, I mentioned at the beginning, I have my own charity. It, it is currently basically, it's currently being run as a kind of a background thing until we get it relaunched. And the reason being is because of a bank. Because the bank that we... Oh, <laughs> so this will make sense to anybody out there uh, of the nonsense this is so basically if you want to start if you want to get a bank account for a charity which of course you want to do one almost no banks offer charity bank accounts anymore it doesn't really exist like two or three of them do everyone else has shut down their ability to have them which how the fuck does that work that's um, it's stupid, yes. Um, and also, the second thing is, if you start a, a charity, your first meeting, of course, is going to be, well, who's going to be the pre um, president or the chair? Who's going to be the treasurer, secretary? And you get those things in place. And then you choose your bank because you're, that's what your treasurer does. The treasurer now looks for stuff. Every bank that I've been to, of those that will allow it, specifically have stated that they want in the minutes of your very first meeting to state that you not only elected your positions, but in that meeting said that you were going with that bank. <laughs> so you just have to lie from the offset? Well, I literally said to them, that's fucking stupid. And technically it's against the Charities Commission way of doing things. So you're going against the British government's Charity Commission and the HMRC's way of doing things. And they went, this is just the way we have to do things. I'm like, I mean, it isn't, it's your policy. Um, but it's all the all the uh, all the banks do exactly the same thing. Um, but I literally I've managed to get it now that they've effectively said I said, well, look, can I just have a, another meeting and just say we're going with you and literally in the minutes state that I'm doing this for your benefit, say that this is for your benefit because of your rules, because I want to make the point that you're fucking idiots. Um, and they were basically, yes, that's fine. Right. So I'm li literally relaunching it now, I think next month. But it, it started technically in July, August last year. And then we just immediately, everyone was helping. Oh, yeah, here's some videos. Because a lot of our stuff is because it's about mental health. It's like, here, videos so you can find your own therapy, whether it's um, music, whether it's, you know, physical, whatever. And then we, that was fine. And then um, we had people going, yes, well, we're going to give you money and start things. Great. We hadn't even thought about that as much yet because a lot of our stuff is free. Um, and then I wanted, I've been creating a, a mindfulness course for practitioners. And obviously we wanted membership. So, well, well, we've got to have a bank account to get membership. And then immediately hit a brick wall. The second we tried to do that, it's like, and that's the simplest stuff. So it does not surprise me that their legal team would be, no, this will take us too long. Given that the simplest stuff to start it 
was was a smack in the face. So it really doesn't surprise me for that. Um, you know, it is one of those things that Britain really is far, far behind. So far. The one huge thing, though, for charities that was majorly beneficial is the Institute of Fundraising held a basically like a seminar when Tiltify launched in the UK and, and uh, invited, I think, I think we invited like 40, 50 different charities down. And I think about 30 of them turned out. I was working for Tiltify at the time, I should say this. Uh, we were, myself and Tom Downey um, were launching Tiltify in the UK pretty much. And so many charities that turned up like, oh, we get it now. We get <laughs> what this is. This makes sense. And like, I think we need to run this event like every three months and then people will join us and it will make a lot more sense. Um, yeah, and like when I was working for a mental health charity, like I had my initial meeting for them, and then it took a year to actually work with them, uh, not because of the team, but just because they're like, yeah, with this, there's so many processes. Like, okay, like, wow. It is, it is incredible. Um, I have to say that that, that is one advantage of um, my charity, and that um, the process is it is five people that decide fucking everything. We're not fucking about anything else because no. I think that's a better way of doing things. But there we go. Um. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I loved about Operation Supply Drop. It was uh, once the new CEO took over, the old CEO was not good. Uh, once the old CEO was outed and the new CEO came in uh, with a new with an actual board of directors and a CFO and myself, it's like, oh, this is all guns blazing this is great like this now makes sense and now everything is going to work how it should yeah yeah it's it is one of those things i mean do you what you said you work for a mental health charity have you done much for mental health charities because i know i don't know about other mental health charities but at least for for mine and obviously it's it's kind of in that in between stage where it's a charity and it's not a charity at the same time but basically everyone except for like one of our trustees has mental health issues um, so there is the, always the possibility, obviously it can kind of run in the background, but there's always a possi possibility that two or three of the trustees could just not be there at mm -hmm. some time because they're going through certain things. Do you ever find uh, an issue when you've worked with mental health charities um, because of things like that or when you're working in that kind of field? Um, not so much. Like I, I, the team, I, cause I've helped one mental health charity and worked for another for a contract uh, but I was only working on like small teams like when I helped one charity it was just one-on-one -on -one with the creator they're a very small charity they're called Sport in Mind they're based out of Reading and they use sport to encourage people's mental health and basically we raise money to get kids who can't afford to join sports clubs to pay for stuff like that and get equipment to kids who can't afford it and like run training days for like sessions for people like who can't afford to yeah say like, can't afford to join a club but we run this football program for free kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I was only dealing with the, with the creator of the charity. He's a friend of my brother's. And uh, literally, he was just like, what do I need to do to be on Tiltify? What is Tiltify? What is live streaming? It's like, here's everything you need to know. Please sign up here. I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> uh, and then the other uh, charity I was working uh, with was Samaritans. And my team at Samaritans is absolutely fantastic. And they are they're doing really well. Um, they are launching some cool programs at the moment. I'm actually still on the advisory board for Samaritans and yeah, uh, never really run into that kind of problem. Uh, but I, uh, I am aware that that kind of problem exists, especially working in mental health. Mm. Uh, but nothing ever came up. At least that I wasn't aware. I was never made aware of anything like that that came up. Yeah, because obviously it's, it can be a, a block on top of everything else that's happening. So I mean, more on, on, on you as well. 
because like you say you were in that space originally where you were acting you wanted to be you know the next whoever i don't know who you're you're kind of I, I wanted to be the next uh rick mayhill i was okay. a huge bottom fan i love the young ones um I actually like in my personal statement to all the acting schools I wrote to was a quote from a bottom uh, live stand up show. Nice, nice. Yeah. I did did like the live the live shows with bottom. I am from the generation that, that remembers it. Um There's so... Gonna be so many people like, What is bottom? <laughs> God I'm old. Especially if you're working with Americans, it's like what? Oh they, none of them have a clue. <laughs> none of them have a clue what the hell it is. I'm like, Ugh, okay. Yeah. Um and I mean I actually I went to university with um a couple of actors. My um <clears throat> my brother in my sister-in-law's husband i don't know how that works out but he was an he was a was an actor um he's actually now planning to go onto twitch as well um, but he was uh-huh. an actor. he's been he, you know they've got imdb credits it's 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 enough for them to have done that independent yeah. stuff I'm, I'm on there i'm on imdb yeah. <laughs> my profile doesn't have a pit my profile doesn't have a picture i've got four credits one of them isn't mine but somebody, somebody mistakenly tried to use my name, and because I'm a member of Equity and Spotlight, no one else can use my name, so it went to my profile. I'm like, well, cool. I've got a directing credit for a documentary in Sao Paulo that I didn't have to do. But, Take it. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, I, I've, I've seen them as well, and they've moved away from acting as well, um, you know, in, into various different things. Um, one of them now, actually, another one of them works in tech as well. It's, it's a similar thing. Um, but... Did you find, because as you say, you, you really weren't getting on with that and you had a, an awful um, uh, agent who now, 5,000, Jesus, I'm going to have to ask who their agent um, was and see if there's a crossover. Um, but if the, if the name Mark Summers comes up, run to the hills. Because <laughs> oh, I will happily say his name. He's the scum lord. Anyone that's watched this podcast will know I happily mention the names of, of people. I don't care. I will mention the names of um, former universities, like Christchurch University, where they don't know what the fuck mental health is. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, obviously that was detrimental for you. Um, and it must have been kind of hellish knowing or coming to grips with the fact that you weren't going to be the next uh, Rick Mayo. You weren't going to be this and that's not going to happen. That isn't what your life is turning into. So... I mean, did you go through any periods that you would think of as being really down on your mental health or was there something in the background or was it just a, oh, fuck, and carry on? Uh, For that, yeah, it was just a case of, because my mentality is I'm always like a we, we, we person. I'm never an I person. I always like being a part of a team, part of like a core group working together to do something good, something fun and making people happy, which is why, I, which would draw me to acting in the first place. Cause like, I want to be part of the next friend, whatever the next friend series is. I want to be, have that like six people that last together for 10 seasons, that like, give people endless memories and happiness. And but it just, I was like, I don't want to be part of an industry that is so self-absorbed, self-obsessed. They only care about their own success and they only want, greed and like i'm just not about that life um and i was like so like and i know gaming has its problems i've become more and more aware of that the longer <laughs> i've been working in the industry but at the time i looked at gaming as like a hobby that i enjoyed and like this has always been like a haven away from like any sad times in my life and it always brings me enjoyment playing games so let's see what good we can do there so uh, you've seen it as a kind of 
as as it was so it was it was always there in the background there it was always kind of secondary then for you yeah it? yeah it, like, gaming was always like my one of my big big hobbies there was a small time in like my late teens where i had less and less time for it i was like studying and going out and i was in a band and playing basketball so i was just like i had a girl, I had a long time girlfriend at the time and i was just like i didn't really have time for my xbox anymore uh <laughs> but then one of my friends in our last year uh sixth form was like hey have you played this game gears of war i'm like is a who what now and he's like okay this will change your life and it did and i was like that was, that's what hooked me hardcore back into gaming again and i haven't really looked back since but to go back to like the previous question like the only time where i really have like the like the big down other than, other than like big breakups deaths in the family kind of thing uh was when i got diagnosed with diabetes uh that was like a big life-changing yeah i probably had a bit of depression during that like first couple of weeks. Yeah. Of that. Stage one or stage two? Type two. I've got oh, a little. Type two, sorry. Type two. Little, uh, sorry. I'm type one. Yeah. Type uh, one. Okay. So a little, little sensor in my arm that I scanned to tell me my blood sugar. But it happened to me when I was 21, when I was doing my master's degree in acting. And it was like, I would just never expected it because it's so rare to get diabetes. As a fairly healthy individual at that late in life, I was just like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> and I petrified a needle, so it didn't. Really? I was just thinking that, like, that's really late. I mean, my my um my housemate at um at uni was was type one diabetic and did not as you treated your diabetes shit and you know it. Um, <laughs> like he's uh, so we he was awful with it, but he was type one and he knew he was fucking his his body up. But he had been diagnosed at like seven, and I think that was even late. Yeah, like but, most people who are like healthy are diagnosed when they're quite young one of my one of my really good friends at university um my first university when i did my undergrad she was diagnosed during freshers week and she is like very thin like me as well and she was just like i wasn't expecting that but it runs in her family and it runs in my family as well so it's like i was like i was looking at the symptoms i was like yeah, i know what this is <laughs> oh no yeah it's i that is yeah, I can imagine that being kind of an additional burden on, on, to, on your mental health, as you say, because of the fact that it's not normal. Like, it, it's that thing of, like, it's going to hit you no matter what age you are. But if you grow up with it, it's kind of, oh, well, I'm just, this is just it. Whereas if you're then told later, by the way, this is something you're now going to be dealing with for the, for the rest of your life. It's not, you know, um, obviously type, type two is... Is, is bad, but it can be controlled in very much easier ways. My mother's type two. Um, My dad's type two. Yeah. yeah. So, and that just seems to be the result of, you know, eating shit food or being old. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry, mum. Uh, <laughs> I just look at my dad and he's like, yeah, I just have to take my one tablet every morning and I'm fine. I'm like, cool. I have five injections every day. That's, that seems fair. That seems yeah. fair to call it the same illness. There's a different variant. Yeah. I mean, to, to give you an idea, um, how bad my housemate was with his diabetes he used to look at um, when we were making like um, birthday cakes and things like that he'd we'd make a giant chocolate cake he'd look at it and just gonna go so i need about that much <sighs> okay cool <laughs> like if if you can if you carve count like that's how i am you can within reason eat what you want yeah i mean he was but like himself <laughs> but like you don't really want to go over I think the max I've ever had is a meal that consisted of 170 carbs, and that like that's a lot of insulin to inject. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I tried to keep it around 100 carbs because that's a, a decent meal, but not too much. Not too much. So what what helped you out of um, that time? Was gaming something that helped you out of that or was it just... Um, well, it, I was fortunate that um, I was doing my master's degree at Central. Uh, so I had a very small class. There's only like 16 of us on our course and it, we were all very tight and bonded like very quickly in that year. So I had a close group of friends around me. Um, my parents were really supportive. Uh, stopping drinking was a really good idea because there are sugar-free alcohols, like, but alcohol can also impact diabetics differently where like the effectiveness varies and there's no way to control that. Mm. And um, as I just, I want to be in control. So like, just, just as I know, alcohol, not for me anymore. And focusing on performances and like learning and yeah, playing video games. One of my course mates, Nick, was quite into video games. So like after like a long day of um, like rehearsals and stuff, we would play some Call of Duty in my uh, in my apartment when I was living in London. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones debuted its first season whilst I was doing my masters, and the actor who played Jon Snow, whose name was Kit Harrington, had graduated from Central like two years before or even the year before. So everyone, everyone's like, this guy's got his own TV show and he came from our school. And like, he's like, Andrew Garfield had come here like two years before him and he's like on Spider-Man. So like, there was like this big buzz about Game of Thrones during, like, during my like, time there. And like, so my friend Nick got hold of it first and he showed me. And then like, one by one, we showed everyone in our, in our class. It's like, have you seen Game of Thrones yet? They're like, no, we didn't get hold of it. Like, and so we had like multiple screenings of that. And that kind of just distracted me from everything else that, like, learning about diabetes and managing with it. And that's, a, that's the one thing I really loved about acting, is it allows you just to, to get your troubles. You dove into a different character every week, and I, it's like there's nothing more fun than being on a set and just being involved in everything. Because like, I, I was one of these actors who didn't just want to act. I was like, I'll help put up the lights. Do you need, any, do you need your furniture moved? I'll do that. Like, I'll do my scenes when I have to, but I just... I just love the buzz of a set. Yeah. As well. I mean, I've I've considered not not acting, but I've considered doing um, like an extra in terms of fight scenes because um, I've I've been a martial artist for basically my entire life. My first grading in martial arts was 1989. That's um, the year I was born. God, Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I was only four, so it's not too yeah. bad. Um, but that was, you know, that's when I graded to yellow belt in judo. So I've done it for a long, long time. And one of my, um, one of my friends who's another martial artist does, does it. He's a, he's a fight choreographer for, and he's been on films and, and TV and stuff in the background. He's the guy always getting blown up. So I mean, I've, I've considered doing it because, um, I think what you just said there is something I've definitely recognized from martial arts. And also I think would probably recognize from stunt slash fight choreography work in the kind of you look after each other. Everyone is, you know, anyone that's done martial arts um, in any considerable way will know at the beginning of class, you put the mats together, you clean up, you are the one, you know, it's, it's that kind of, even the, the martial arts that are seen as quite toxic, um, potentially like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA, they start their sessions with fucking handshakes to each other. So there's, yeah. <laughs> there is there's still that kind of, that kind of part of it. So it is, it is important. And I, I think that's a, a good point you've made that you were, because there's probably 
several people if anyone's watching it i mean firstly thank you um but uh <laughs> but if anyone that's from my twitch community or has watched these podcasts before but he knows what i'm about to say because it's kind of my tagline but it's the idea of turning on your light first and making sure that you're okay and you're you're kind of looked after in that group before going out and trying to help everyone else because obviously that's the kind of background for your career now is to help everyone you know you're yeah. doing charity work it's to make sure that everyone else is okay that you can help as much as you can but obviously that doesn't work if you've not eat well especially being type 1 diabetic if you've not eaten drunk or anything properly for that week if you've not slept properly you're of course used to anyone yeah. um but obviously you know especially the way you dealt with acting being part of that team so you're kind of taking an energy off of everybody else um, can kind of help. Do you find that that's something you find it easy to do now? Because the way that you've spoken is um, that you're doing a lot of contract work and it seems relatively solo to a point. So do you find you still put that, are you still getting something out basically and still kind of making sure that your light is still bright enough that you don't have to worry about it dimming for everybody else? Yeah, and I'm actually, like, right now, uh, I now work for a company called Sandbox Strategies, which doesn't, like, they do PR and IR for game dev. And so I'm an influencer manager, so I work on hundreds of different games throughout the year and work with streamers. And my favorite thing about that is it now allows me to work for, well, work with as many charities I want without charging them, just giving them, like, order-directed, like, help and aid. And I'm like, hey, I can just do this for free on my own time. And, like, I'm helping WaterAid at the moment, like, establish their presence in streaming. And I'm still helping Samaritans and any other charity that contacts me. I'm like, yeah, let's set up a uh, conversation. And... What's really nice about being at Sandbox is the team and the entire company that like you feel that flow and energy and that want to help each other every morning. Like every time we get into our like team meetings twice a week or just in our like Slack chat, even though I'm not physically in an office with them, like hmm. it reminds me of my acting training because everyone was there to help each other and like build from that, which is and that's just like a big stark difference from acting training and then being in the acting world because like during like my masters of like that training we would do an hour of yoga every morning then like once that we've done our yoga we then give each other massages to wake up like our vocal chest and just make sure like tensions were gone hmm. we'd always be there and but then you go into like film and tv and stuff and that that's all completely gone it's all individualistic and you just lose that bond and like if we kind of did this the other if we kept that I think the industry would be a lot better place. And like that vibe I've got back, even obviously we're not physically doing stuff like that in our like Slack chat because it can't, but that aura and that love for each other is there, which is amazing to feel because it, yeah, it, just, it just makes work so much easier. Yeah. I mean, it's actually something I... He got a lot of flack about this at the time because he basically raised his voice, but it's actually something I liked about Tom Cruise when he was doing something when he blew up at people for not following covid regulations because when he blew up at people he basically he was doing it and pointing out basically he was looking out for people yeah. they're going you not but you doing this it doesn't matter to me i'm a fucking millionaire it matters to everyone else and that, i kind of liked that because it was I like that as well like, i'm not as big a fan obviously i don't get scientology or any yeah. of that but it was quite that, i agreed with yeah, it was quite nice to see um, that an actor that, let's be honest, didn't, doesn't need to fucking work again. You know, it, it's Tom Cruise. He doesn't need to do anything ever again. He's seemingly 
as he gets older, wanting to beat himself up even more. Um, but it's, it was nice to see an actor actually going, you know what? What are you doing? You're fucking everyone else over. You're not fucking me over. Like, I'm Tom Cruise. You're, <laughs> you're screwing everyone else. So that was quite nice to see. But um, yeah, like you say, a lot of it can be very individualistic. Um, and it's, it's good that you've got that charity. And it is something I find actually Twitch and those things have helped with people's mental health and actually helped with people feeling like they are a big community because that's something a charities that is strange that charities don't don't want or are somewhat resilient to moving into platforms like youtube and especially twitch um i, I think twitch because they're communities and yeah. i can't think of a charity that doesn't push the idea of community you know i, I, I just can't think of one um that's so Operation Supply Drop did when we were running it. Uh, we had a big Discord server where we pushed everything and all of our live streams on our channel were different community members every week and they'd have different slots and they would then end their stream and the next community member would take over. Um, sadly, it just didn't last. Um, right. But, um, yeah, like I, I, I am more and more for more community. Like, and I think for people's mental health, especially those people who like struggle with like social anxiety or struggling to meet people in real life because they feel like their interests aren't shared by anyone else like i went to an all-boys school for seven years mm. I, I know what being bullied is all about uh i've had some awful things done to me uh but like i look at uh, people who, who were at my school who i could see were like they wanted to make friends mm. but they couldn't find people to be friends with they were they were scared that if they were painting warhammer at 15 still that would be seen as uncool whereas warhammer is awesome love warhammer uh and so i think now that we have like twitch especially twitch like youtube as well but especially twitch with the live chat people from all over the world can find a community and come together and just like make friends like uh, one of my favorite uh, like communities on twitch is a streamer by the name of nightinator uh she's one of the loveliest people you could ever hope to meet and tell that name community in case is... anyone wants to find her hmm? sorry did you want to spell the name just in case oh, let me spell her name properly uh <laughs> I always put the A in her name in the wrong place, so let me grab it so I can read it verbatim. So yeah, it's K-N-I-G-H-T-E-N-A-T-O-R, Nightinator. Uh, she was a RuneScape streamer for the longest time. She's now more variety. And, but you go in her chat on any day, and like her mod team especially, but all of her community like from all over the world are just like the nicest people. And now, like, now that COVID is hopefully easing out um she used to run like before covid like every six months like community meetups and people would fly from like all the, like people would literally fly from like canada or like different parts of europe to come just like hang out for like the weekend and just it's just oh, it's just so lovely you like you're so welcomed whenever you go there by her by her mods but everyone like everyone makes you feel welcome no matter like what interests or who you are if you're into death metal if you're into folk music you're going to find a nice time there. And it's just, it always like brings a smile to my face going there. Cause I, I know that who I am is accepted and that's always awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that these places are becoming more and more, more available and more and more like people are recognizing that Twitch is a thing to find in their home. Cause like you see so many people who feel like I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't know how to bond with people. I couldn't talk about my love for X, Y, or Z cause I didn't think anyone else liked it. And I didn't want to speak up, but they're like, Find it online because it's it's 
It really is. It really is kind of um, becoming. I mean, I I always um, talk about Twitch, and I know there's been the whole thing of people moving Twitch to YouTube. But I'm sorry, it's, I started on YouTube, and and Twitch is just better. Um, in in terms of, and I know I'm saying this, well aware that this is going out on YouTube, but. <laughs> Please still pay me for the podcast. Just, um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I know that that's, uh, I know for me, Twitch is still um, just nice. I mean, as you say, there's, there's plenty of people that um, just don't know where their kind of gang, their, their area is. And maybe it is that the next person that likes what they like is 2,000 miles away. Well, if you're on Twitch, they're one click away. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's the big difference. I've done this on a, a couple of uh, podcasts before when I've talked about you know social media, but it gets a massive flack. And again, I think this is where charities are probably pushing back the old kind of old guard of charities because social media and video games are bad. And it's like no, they're fucking not. Like social media is the only reason that some people in LGBT one are still alive, literally because they can find people to help them and have any validation that they exist. Um, and it's, I mean, it's the reason I'm still alive. I mean, after the the, um, the loss of my wife, I had planned out my own death. I had, that was it. I was done. And as well as a lot of other stuff around it, this is where this now won't be a monetized um, podcast. Um, but along with a load of other stuff around it, and obviously there wasn't just one thing, but there were five streamers who, at that week, at, at that time, around that day that it was planned for, made me smile in a time that I couldn't. If I didn't have Twitch. I'm not saying Twitch or those streamers were the ones that stopped it, but each part did its job. And if you don't have any part of that, I wouldn't be here. And I think that's the same for so many people. Like you say, it's people that have the social anxiety, people that have the deep depression that just don't know any community that can be a part of, you know, and, and like that, that, nice, that, that person you were saying, it's nice to, that you can go into those communities. And I don't like the ones that call them safe space, but places where you are, okay you're validated um yeah and you can just go in and just be like yeah i'm this i like this and they're just going nice cool come and hang out yeah. and that's it there's no there's no kind of because i think a lot of time when you do that in person or at least what people think of as in person somebody's there to go well, what the fuck is that whereas good communities online um don't do that good communities online just going to go ah cool not for me but fuck it have fun yeah. you know <laughs> tell me about it. it i have no idea what this is but you're into yeah. it so i want to know about it Exactly. I mean, I, 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 on Twitch, I can guarantee most of the people that I follow on things like Twitch, I have no idea of the games they're playing because I'm not a gamer. I do have a secondary gaming channel, but I'm not a gamer. I spent 20, 20 plus years away from gaming. I don't know what the game. I'm there because of them and the community. Oh, I'm. I am the Especially same. Like... is the obvious per- person purely because that's the connection I know we have. It, I'm part of that community um, and I have no idea what the fuck she's doing half the time. <laughs> I have no idea. I am there for when Sophie, um, I, I don't know what to call her because she keeps saying she doesn't want that name Kadea, but I like that name. Um, yeah, I like it. I call her Cad. <laughs> fair enough. But, she, uh, but obviously um, she does occasionally do rants and if anybody's ever seen me and probably in this at some, I rant. So I love those bits and that's what I I'm love those rants. I'm not there for the kind of, you know, Oh, this is this game. I couldn't give two shits about the game. <laughs> it's just somebody, somebody having fun playing a game, though. Cool. I do like that. I see. I like seeing someone going, oh, you know, getting really excited about a game coming out or a game that they're playing. And it's just that's part of it. And being into yeah. a community where 
even if you do not follow that same thing, you can still find your place in that community. I think is really most definitely. Yeah, two examples for that for me. Again, Night's Nature is one of them. Her main game is RuneScape. I don't even know what RuneScape is. I know it's existed for 16, 17, 8, maybe even 20 years at this point. Somebody asked me a question about it, I wouldn't be able to tell you the foggiest. And I've, I've watched like thousands of hours of it at this point. No idea what it is. And another streamer, her name is Feminine Emily. Uh, she primarily streams World of Warships. Don't have a clue about that. that. For me, that game is, I don't know how it works. I've tried to play it once, didn't understand it. Can, I can't ask her a single question about it. But the streamer themselves is so watchable and their community is so engaging and kind, like, happy to stay and hang out because it doesn't matter what the game is, really, as long as the community and its community head, the streamer themselves, are, are nice and enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I think people get this idea that, that um, online communities are toxic. Now, don't get me wrong. They can be. They absolutely can be. Uh, and, you know... So many of them. They're the ones that are told to fuck off in various different ways um but uh but it, it can also be the exact opposite and even when you're raging i have to say you know when i went over to my i started my second channel almost like you know when you see it on tiktok oh, i've got this secret channel kind of what i did on twitch i have you know that's about a tenth of the size of my my normal channel but i did it just because i was like right, okay let's play a game and i played now anybody that knows twitch will know what this is um and you're all going to laugh at me when you um, when you watch or listen to this, but I don't care. I did marbles on stream because Love marbles. it is the easiest game supposedly to play. But again, what you've got to remember is I stopped gaming 20 plus years ago before you had full independent control of your camera on a game. I rage quit that game and deleted it from my computer. I didn't even let the game finish. I did not let it finish. I, I was beyond pissed off with that game. I was like, no, fuck that. We're done. OF4, done. Fuck that. Literally, on screen, you could see me going into my desktop and deleting it from, no, don't want it. Getting off the stream. Fuck you. I'm not going anywhere near that again. And everyone was like, what? what? I was like, I don't want to have control over the camera. That makes no sense to me. Because of, you know, PlayStation and NES and Game Gear. Those are my game systems. Love, love me some Game Gear. Yeah, it's like you don't have control because why would I want to have control over the camera? The game knows where the camera's meant to be. I don't want control. The game should show me. So, and I did that. Now, I know what everybody's um, older people's thought on that is, oh, well, then there's going to be ridicule and there's going to be this and that and the other. And they didn't. Not even my mods. And mods are known for being the biggest trolls. My mods were there just going, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's fine. We'll go and play some words on stream. Just calm down. It's all good. Cool. And it was just like, not, you know, not in as patronizing a way as I said yeah. it there, but that it was very much a kind of, you know, I have the little emotes that are basically just a bear raging, you know, and people put them in there, but that was as bad as it got, you know, because of they, a lot of them had come from the community um, of my mental health. And actually some of them are from, um, I think a couple of Kadea's mods are part of my communities as well. And they, you know, they, they come in and they were just like, Hey, let's just go and play. Let's go play a community one. You know, we'll actually get involved in words on stream or we'll get involved in this. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't like it. Fine. We're here for you anyway. And it's like, I think that's the bit that people forget about because it's all of the kind of old research about video games said that video games were bad until they actually did video game research live. The 
only time they've ever done it live, which was I still love. It was for um, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for the Neighbourhoods and Stardew Valley were the two games they did it with, which is just such a weird combination. And they did the research live. I think it was from Cambridge University. And the second they did the research live in terms of your mental health, immediately better for welfare, better for overall mental health. Better for, and, was, and the guy that did the research was going, this is what happens when you do live research and don't rely on people's memories. This yep. is the point. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people have kind of, you know, they're still in this idea of, you know, it's, it's still that thought process of, you know, films are bad, rap music is bad, video games are bad, social media is bad. It's like, no, it's not. In the same uh, way that when you were growing up, rock and, roll, rock and roll wasn't bad either. You know, it's the exact same thing. So f- funny enough, I have like tabs on my phone that I never delete because in case I ever need them. And one of them is an article from Forbes saying new links, a uh, new study shows there is no link between video game violence and, and aggression in teenagers. Like, so whenever like any charities all oh, worried about this, I'm like, here's the article. Like, <laughs> yeah. Read this. Yeah. And it's, uh, the funniest thing is, is that the research that did it, I think it was Cambridge. Um, is quite, for a researcher, vitriolic about it. He basically says, you know, the, the rest of these people that did it just did it wrong. <laughs> Everyone, you know, they did it wrong. This is what happened. And it was, that's quite nice to see because yeah. that was kind of the passion for it of just going, look, if we do this research properly. And the fact that it was done during the pandemic when everyone was stuck inside was really nice. Well. I mean, Russell Howard um, has the best um, thing for me is... If video games, if video games were the only reason for certain people doing certain things or having a bad effect on our mental health or anything like that, then the entire world would be plumbers eating mushrooms. <laughs> I love yeah, that quote. Words. And any younger people that don't get a reference, I really dislike you, but also Super Mario Brothers. Um, <laughs> but it, and then Super Mario 64, the best Mario game, in my opinion. I got it. I had it on the NES along with Duck Hunt, so I'm I'm with that, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know that that would be the world. The world would be. It, we only ever look at video games when they're the they're the bad video games. And it's, it's, like, it's always the same. Like whenever there's like a tragedy or something, or somebody does something horrific, it's like, and they were known to have played video games once in their life. That's probably the reason. I'm like, is it or is it the insane mental health problem that the US has? Which one could it be? Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's the thing is, is that it's never and um, also NHS, um, just just for this, offer difference. CBD doesn't fucking help everyone. In fact, CBT has that little problematic thing in of behavioral psychology, which, you know, the ABA in America is being sued by everyone on the fucking planet because of behavioral psychology. Because surprisingly enough, if you take, change behavior, you don't necessarily change the mental health. Um, <laughs> but of course, the NHS only does it one way. And they will do the same thing of like, are you playing too many video games? That is literally part of, because I'm so in the background, as well as a few other things, I'm um, starting to get a diploma in counseling and cognitive behavioral therapy. Counseling a bit more, but the cognitive behavioral therapy mainly because I want to understand it. I don't like it. It never helped me and I find it patronizing as fuck because I suffer from things that are not, the behavioralism doesn't really help. It helps with anxiety, but those aren't really my issues apart from OCD, which I literally had a behavioral scientist once say to me, yes, but if we locked you into a, a cage and didn't let you do the things that OCD um, made you want to do, then you'd be cured. I'm like, no, I wouldn't. I'd be stuck in my own head. And the second you let me out of my cage, I would kill myself, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> like it's a complete misunderstanding of mental health is this idea. But yes, that is the thing. If they just go, oh, well, you're, you know, you're, on your t- you're on your phone too much. You're on your computer too much. Oh, the video games are bad. 
N- no. Do, no. What, what about, you know, um, deaths in my family or um, homelessness or you're not looking at that, are you? Because you're just doing this bit by bit, which is the same. In Amer- I mean, America has a far worse problem than we do. But it is something that they always look to. It's always that the big bad. I mean, it reminds me of um, back in the early 2000s, late 90s of the idea with weed as well. Now, I'm I'm not advocating for fuck it. Actually, I am advocating for weed. There's no fucking proof against it. Um, but, um, you know, there's this um, the, the issue with it was that I remember there being a case where this guy basically killed his mother and his entire family. And it feels very much like this because they blamed weed. They blamed marijuana. Right now, there's a few issues with that on the on the surface being if you smoked as much marijuana as they said he had smoked you would have been in a fucking coma. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he smoked more than was supposed that is possible. You couldn't, you couldn't roll that many cigarettes in a fucking day. Like it was nonsense, but also they, they completely smoothed over the fact that he was taking crack cocaine and heroin and said, it's all down to weed. All the weed. Going, what? Wait a minute. It's a, and, and the same thing with video games. It's like, it's all down to video games. He was severely beaten and sexually abused by his parents. Ah, it's the video games. That, that, yeah. that, that's how it seems he, to me. He learned to shoot that gun playing Call of Duty. The <laughs> same way I learned to... I'm now going to go be the quarterback in the Super Bowl because I played Madden once. Yes. Yeah, it, it is that kind of very weird thing. And it's like, I don't understand. You know, I mean, because I've had, I've had times... Bear in mind, I'm not a gamer in any way. You know, I, I do the games now, bits and pieces. And, you know, I, I will play the beat-em-ups because I like the beat-em-ups because of martial arts. I was a tournament fighter. I have been an instructor in martial arts and self-defense. I have literally made money off of hitting people and throwing them into the ground. And I've enjoyed myself by being thrown into the ground and throwing other people into the ground and being hit and kicked and all that kind of stuff. I've stepped into boxing rings where I've been smacked in the face and smacked other people in the face. And then we've been all chummy afterwards. When I have mentioned about um, time periods where my mental health was very bad, depression, and then having flashes of violent thoughts they immediately asked if i played video games and for no reason did they never they never even when they found out about it never and i'm not saying that it is the cause of it but they never questioned the fact that i literally had physically done these things before it was always the kind of well why aren't you blaming that like you're blaming something that has that's completely existential to me physically doing the things that i then thought about and they're like, oh, yes, but that's, you know, that's discipline. That's in a different way. I'm like, yes, you're absolutely right. But that's physically happened. That's in a fantasy world. Yeah. It's like, as you said earlier, in like, in the 90s, they blamed TV and film. In the 2010s and like, the uh, sorry, the early 2000s, they blamed rap music and heavy metal. And now it's, let's blame video games. Instead of look at the root of the problem and help, they just find it easier to scapegoat. Yes. Yeah. And... The one thing I will say, and my my slight issue with Twitch, and not video games in, in general, actually, I think video games are, are a good part of it, but Twitch and some online communities is now that they've realized that mental health is being helped by it, I think a lot of people abuse the idea of, oh, we're a safe space, aren't oh, we? Hey, everything's going to be okay. And they're that those kind of communities sometimes. So I do get a little irritated by those people. Um, my biggest issue with somebody that, that, I don't know whether they created the term or certainly used the term um, 
of uh, trauma dumping, which I'm sorry, doesn't fucking exist as far as I'm concerned, um, is this idea of someone coming into a community and uh, where you have, now I'll be specified, that community had a, a, the mental health tag on it. It wasn't just a random one. It had a mental health tag on it. Going in and basically saying, you know, I, I, I want to kill myself. This is, this is it for me. And for me, if you have a mental health tag, you, even if you, that should either indicate that you have some kind of safe space or you have some interaction, maybe you know stuff or anything, the least you should expect from that is a mod having an exclamation mark help and there being a, a sentence of, I'm sorry, I, I, I personally cannot help you. I'm not placed to help you. Here are some numbers. That should be the, min that should be the minimum because then at worst, that person at least knows Someone has seen them. Someone mm -hmm. has gone, we know you're there. We know you exist here. We can't help you, but maybe these guys can. And this person going, went on tw uh, Twitter and basically said, you know, you're ruining everyone in um, stream and they're the, uh, you know, they might have problems. They might be struggling. And again, don't expect someone in crisis to act like they're not. You don't, if someone's just had their arm chopped off, you don't go, well, you should pretend that you still got two arms because other people may have lost an arm. It's not how it fucking works. No. Um, and it always irritated me that the, there are some communities that seem to overuse that, that, that mental health in the, at least in the Twitch space and possibly the Twitter space as well, because they, they know that it's, you know, it is good for people. As you said yourself, it's been somewhere where you've had the ability to go and be in that little fancy world. And I've had it as well. But a lot of people have seemed to have used it then. It's like, I don't expect the world from these people, but if you're going to use the tag, at least have just, just an exclamation mark command. Just a command that says, I don't know what I'm doing. These guys might. <laughs> yeah. So we had uh, a seminar once where we were like educating streamers on mental health and like best practices. And this was like done with the Samaritans. And one of the things that we were saying, is, and we created the links to got everything for that like, anyone who wants to borrow it was, if someone comes in saying, I need help, I'm struggling, very few streamers are coped or trained to deal with such a question. Absolutely. It's like, statistically, like there's not many of them. Hmm. However, what we recommend is something similar to what you said is a link or like even a panel underneath the stream is like, they can't help. They can, they can listen and they can read what you say, but they are not trained to aid in any way is a link. And I believe the website is better friends, which is a website or better. Oh, I've said that now. Now I can't remember it. It's, it's a link to every mental health um, by country. So it doesn't matter where they're from. They can go, I'm from Canada. I'm from America. I'm from X, Y, and Z. And they go, okay, this is all the list of mental health that, like, options that is available. Is it better frienders? Better um, friends? I think there's a, there's a few of them because I use one as well. Although I will say I created a separate one for the UK because if it's the one I'm thinking of, their links are wrong. Oh. Uh, so, but let me just Again. check. Caveat, this was done in 2019. Okay, the one I use is Checkpoint. 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 Um, and the reason it's, it's wrong is because they have um, it done as Britain and most of them are Australian. But I've, I separately found my own. So, I mean, it, again, my, my website will be down below, guys. The resources are there for the UK and Checkpoint, which is either the same as or very similar to what Sam's talking about, is also the worldwide directory at the, at the top. So if you need those, they are on my resources on my website. So I'll, I'll have that below if anyone does need it. Um, like even for myself, like when I was 15, six, no, 16, I went on a peer mentoring course uh, to help like be like a counselor for my school. 
but even if someone came into my chat with it, I like, like I even just having done that, like I'm no way near equipped to deal with anything of this magnitude. Absolutely, yeah. Is that it's that thing of like the thing that the thing that annoyed me was the fact that it was then being is the way it's used. Is that kind of that you then this person then berated that person for coming in and saying that they had these issues. You know, they're going. Because in my mind, and uh, people always hate it when I say this, but in my mind, I, if it had been me in a certain time, this is what would have happened. As far as I'm concerned, that streamer killed that person. If somebody's coming in and saying, I'm suicidal, and your response is basically, how dare you come in here? You might be upsetting people. You don't know how many times that person has gone into streams that day. You don't know how many times that person has tried to reach out that day. You could have been the final thing. You could have been the final thing that day. They just tried one more time to go into the stream that they enjoy, and that's your response. Um, so I, I'm very much on the thing, like you said, of having that just something, you know, I don't I'm absolutely on the idea of, of course, people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Of course, streamers can't necessarily help all the time. But there's one there's a difference. If you're going to have a mental health stream, a mental health um, tag, I think you you should have information there somewhere. Even if you don't even if you're just literally, oh, it's a mental health thing because I have my own mental health issues. Cool. Then just have like you were just saying, have something. So you can literally, one of your mods, you know, if you can't see it, one of your mods can just go, please look down below or, or the exclamation mark or something's just going to go, we can't help you. We don't know anything. You know, I have, I, in terms of um, mental health and Twitch, I'm probably one of the better um, qualified, educated on mental mm -hmm. health. I have a charity for it. I, I'm studying in masters in mental health. You know, I I know yeah, know what I'm doing, and I still have a command that says I am not a professional. I am not this. Do not take this. If your if your psychiatrist, if your counselor says something different to me, they are right. Please look at these links. Please find this, because it's true. You know, if you get so, if you get some help and you get some sort of what I'm saying, well, how we're discussing it, fucking awesome. But I still will tell people I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. so, of course, no streamer should be expected to know what they're doing. And I actually say, even if you do know what you're doing, you don't, because you can't diagnose someone on the fucking internet. So even those, and I'm thinking of two streamers, so I won't mention their names because I can't think of them off by hand that I don't want to mention the wrong people who try and diagnose on the internet and that's bullshit. Um, should, you should, you know, you're not expected, we don't expect you to be able to necessarily help. It would be nice if, as we've just said, Video games and everything are the solace for some people, and probably for you at some point. That's why you're now on Twitch streaming it. Just have some links. Just have something. Just have a link, like, and it's like, it's the same for diabetes. Like somebody that comes into my chat every now and then, on the rare occasions that I stream, because I don't stream much anymore. Like, I, was, I, I have noticed on on your. I'm, 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 a, <laughs> I'm eleven. I'm eleven years into this. So I, I, don't, I don't have time for the streaming much <laughs> anymore. Like I've had I've had my heyday in 2014. Uh, old school and, old school yeah just or just old and uh, me <laughs> not by much um like, even with diabetes like i will have like uh, technically i don't at the moment because i'm moving all my commands over from one platform to another because i'm cutting ties with a certain platform that i no longer agree with their ethics okay. uh and or oh, not that i ever agreed with their ethics i didn't know what their ethics were right okay uh, until they made some very confusing tweets and were like, mm, that's not a great look, I'm done here. <laughs> um, 
so I'm moving all of my like commands and stuff over. I just, I'm like, ah, uh, I'm not streaming, so I don't have anything at the moment. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, with diabetes, I'm like, I, I'm a type 1 diabetic. I know a lot about diabetes, but I'm never going to be like, yes, this sounds like you've got diabetes. Go do this. Go buy insulin. Like, it's almost like, go talk to a professional, like, speak to your, like, and it, again, it massively depends if they're American or European because it's, it's so starkly different. Like, somebody's come into my chat in the past and going, how do you forge your insulin? I'm like, it's free. <laughs> like, we don't have to pay for it here. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, it blows my mind that you have to pay for it in America. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm like, just uh, there's resources like I always I always direct them to JDRF, uh, which is a big diabetes charity in the states, and they have a UK arm as well. Uh, and yeah, and so it's like even uh, I have links to like here, check out this website, go here. If you feel like you need to get diagnosed, call your doctor, because like I can't I. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a diabetic. I can't diagnose diabetes. I can't tell that. Like, yes, that's how. That's exactly that. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and it's the same. Like that's, and I have that. Di- and I have the diabetic, the diabetic tag. Finally, after 11 years or nearly 11 years of campaigning, there's finally a diabetic tab. I've been told there would never be a di- there would never be a disabilities tab. And the first time I tried to, uh, sorry, disability. I was told there would never be a disabilities tag. The very first time I wrote a letter about it to Twitch, and like, can you add this? And they're like, no. Like okay, I'll keep trying. <laughs> well, there's that thing that came out recently, isn't there? That they apparently Twitch doesn't like things coming from the bottom up. Um, it's it's a bit resilient to it. But yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely, it's it's one of those things that you. I think a lot of people just. Go, I mean, I do it. I, I might have concerns that I think somebody sounds like they have something, but then it will be followed by, I don't know. I think in my head that I, there may be something. Please go and see someone because you need to <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's just part of it you know but i think it is really important it is because as you say everything is moving online a lot of charities are now going to have to move online for um fundraising everything like that and the more they move online the more all the people that use those charities are going to move online or already have moved online and so it's important i mean if you look at i mean jesus we look at ukraine right now the only reason anybody knows anything about Ukraine is because of social media and online stuff. T- Twitch, TikTok, I mean, t- everyone, you say, mentioned TikTok to someone, and they always go, oh, it's kids dancing. And you're like, TikTok is the main reason we know anything about what's happening. TikTok is whatever you want it to be. Like, it's the same with Twitter. You, you make it your own. Like, I used to be very anti-TikTok for the longest time, mainly because of music.ly, that, what TikTok used to be. Just because the adverts drove me crazy. It's like, I don't want any part of this because your adverts are painfully annoying. But also, thanks to Sophie Kadea, I am now on TikTok because she transitioned over there. Uh, well, put, well, not transitioned over there, I should say. Like, she puts content everywhere, but she blew up on TikTok. That's where I, I found like, her. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'll follow you. I'll make an account. and <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this under duress. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm fine, I'll do it. Um... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it, yeah, especially with TikTok because um, of the algorithm. It seems to be that you know, if you say you don't, apart from one account, there's one account that I keep saying I don't want to see, and it keeps coming back. So TikTok likes it. But otherwise, if you say you don't want to see, I block something, accounts like that. I'm like they've got nothing against this person, but I just don't want. I just don't enjoy their content, so I've got yeah. to block you. Sorry, because you just keep on coming in my for you page, and I don't want to see this <laughs> random video about Call of Duty. I've never expressed an interest in Call of Duty since 2007, so I don't know why this is appearing. Um, it's yeah, it's weird. But I mean, otherwise, it's generally 
what you look for. So I, I'm quite political. My background is, you know, I have an undergraduate degree in politics, master's degree in political theory. So I am, you know, I was an elected politician. Of course, there's politics in it. And the algorithms kind of figure that one out. So I get all the stuff from, you know, about things that happen in the US, in, in Ukraine, and everything like that. And it's, if we didn't have social media, that, I mean, it's been mentioned a few times, this is the first war that we're seeing live. You know, we can say, oh, yes, but we saw golf and everything. We didn't. We saw we saw bits of it on the news. We saw bits of it here and there or, you know, but Ukraine is the first first one. Really, we've we've seen happening in real time. Um, And so the more people come on there, the more the charities come on there, then the more you see about it. And so we I think there is also potentially something that some of us. In, and I mean, I'm, I'm including myself in that. I'm not perfect. None of us are. Um, that we we have to learn in the um, streaming world or in the content creator world. I really hate calling myself that or, or any kind. But like online, you see my face occasionally. That guy. Um, some of us have to learn that you know that there's stuff that we need to prepare for because these charities, these people, everyone is using this differently. And they're coming on board to talk to you. And I think that is something that we need to be prepared for. Charities need to be prepared for. Everyone needs to be prepared for, really, because I've had everyone in my streams from countries I don't even think I necessarily knew existed 15, 10, 15 years ago, you know, <laughs> or countries and, that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And more like also, I think it should, uh, it should be great. Horrible word to use. Not great. But to mention that, like, the response to like help from Ukraine that was just instantly set up mm. online. Like t- there was like Tiltify had got in contact with who they needed to for fundraisers, like fundraisers to be set up, and just millions have been raised to help support the people of Ukraine. And it's just like in the land before the internet, even even ten years ago, this sort of setup would have been delayed weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm. Whereas boom, the moment it happened, all right, that's how can we help? This is online. People are fundraising. Yeah, it's it's again. It's why I think the future of fundraising. Why I thought back in 2014 the future of fundraising was online, and it's still going that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and none of us none of us know everything about it. I mean, I'm known in a lot of communities as I refer to myself as the educated idiot. I sound a way, especially if you're American. I sound a way that you think I know what I'm talking about. Um, because I sound like near enough to the received pronunciation. So you kind of go, oh, well, there's a Brit there. Well, definitely listen to him. Um, and, you know, I do have an ed- educated background and I was a teacher and all these kind of things, but it doesn't mean I know what the fuck I'm talking about and everything. It no. means I can sound like I'm t- I know what I'm talking about because there's an arrogance to the way I speak because I'm from the southeast of England and that's just how I sound. So, you know, it- it's assumed, but I'm an educated idiot and... There's a lot of people, a lot of us online are educated idiots. I feel like I am one of them myself. I was like, I've got a master's degree. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, (laughs) you have more letters after your name. That's it. I I, I study because I want to, not because, you know, I like to know things. That's it. It's a torment of Tantalus. I'd like to know everything. I never will. But it doesn't mean I'll ever truly understand anything. And I'll probably get pissed off at the fact that I don't understand it. But then, you know, it's... That reminds me of one one of... um, most like most vivid memory I have from school, it was doing sports science, and we were just, we were talk, we were being taught about the impulse. So when you think about something, like the how it senses your body and you move, and I was like, yeah, but how do we know this? How do we see it? Like we just do it. I'm like, 
yeah, but how, how do we see it? How can we see it? Like, there's nothing to see. We just know it happens. I'm like, how do we know that happens? If we can't see it, and I just, I basically broke the teacher for about an hour, just like going, just not moving on from this one idea of impulse because I just couldn't wrap my head around it. That we, I was like, how will we been told this is a fact if there's nothing there to prove it? I'm like, yes, I agree with it, mm-hmm. but it's still a theory at the end of the day. Although we should be very careful about the way we use theory when it comes to science. Yes. Um, but uh, I mean, the fun one for me was one um, in terms of how your brain works as well, is that research was done that, that showed a delayed reaction, although it was milliseconds, a delayed reaction between your movement, your, your body and your mind doing something and then you realizing that it's happening. And then somebody else, similar to the kind of, well, I don't believe this, I'll do my research, did it, and realized actually the, the gap was longer. <laughs> I love that. And Adam DeLank was the person that went out and followed it up. And I've, I've started, well, no, actually, I finished writing a book. I just, you know, I haven't got it published because I'm having fun with it. Um, on, on this and, and the whole idea, and your, your brain just kind of goes, yeah, I'm, de- I'm dealing with this. And then it, you suddenly realize, fuck, what do I just do? It's a bit like moving out of the way of a car. You don't tell yourself you're going to move out of the way of a car. You do yeah. it. Yeah, and then you and then you realize you've done it. Like, yeah, it's, it's that. So there, there are things that if you just think about them normally, you just go and go, how, what, what, and you know that's we can never understand that. And even even the people that do understand that and can explain it perfectly, you'll never understand them. So when we do yeah. stuff online, you've got to remember that is that there's always some kind of disconnect. Even the people that know what they're doing aren't necessarily going to be able to explain it to you, and the people that don't know what they're talking about but can help to a point you've then got to worry about their bias. So, you know, there, there is, there's a lot of in between that we've got to deal with there, but I think the idea of it all coming together is something that is very important going forward. It was very important going forward eight years ago, but I think the last two years have definitely made it the case that everyone has realized, oh yeah. shit, we do have to be online. Now. Like, dur- like during the pandemic was the one time I've ever heard like the news mention Twitch by name. <laughs> Because they're so scared of it. Like ITV and BBC are, and Channel 4 are petrified of Twitch. Yeah. And mentioning it, they're like, online creator. You can't and, they fi- and they finally said to it, like, they live streamed this on Twitch. To, <laughs> they truly tried to muffle it as much. I'm like, just... And the, um, but the, the painful thing for me was like, they were acting like it was brand new. It was like, this phenomena that has sprung up. I'm like... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I've been doing this for eight years. <laughs> it is really, it is very strange. It's, but I mean, obviously, normal TV hates it because it's like, yeah, it's the TV that everyone else is going to go and watch, and we're going to disappear. But I, um, so, I mean, it's very strange. Explain it to my mother. Um, my mother's not too bad at doing it now, but it was there was a time when I was trying to explain to her my my streaming, and she's going, oh, but then there's this, and I was like, yeah, but I do it live, mum. And oh, but you just do it at different times. No, mum, it's basically TV. It's just that I'm doing it live and it's me doing it. I'm, it's TV. Yeah. It, just think of it like that. I mean, if Wait. you have a TV, you can put me on the TV. If that makes it easier for you to understand, I am a presenter effectively on TV. And she's like, but, I, I, but the Hannah Super... And it's like, and then raiding, trying to explain raiding. And I just went, okay, it's like watching the 10 o'clock news and then ITV going okay, we're going to Channel 4 to watch something and taking all the viewers. <laughs> putting them over there. Yeah. The way I've like, tried to describe it for people like not in the know, I'm like, imagine you're watching a TV show in the studio, but instead of, but you, 
your reactions appear for the actors to see at the same time. Yeah. They can see all the emotes yeah. and all the, all the random things. And uh, I, I think the, the thing that scares um, TV the most is the fact that there is far more of an interaction. Because how many people really interact with like traditional TV? For instance, you don't have you don't have any kind of emote or any kind of connection that you can use and show other people that you like it without sounding fucking weird. Like if you, for instance, if you did Game of Thrones and you went everywhere around with a sword and just went, look, I have a sword. It's from this thing. Everyone would think you were crazy. But if you go around like for mine and you go around with um, Pooh Bear. And I created the emotes for it. And you went around, well, I mean, that one's the obvious one because I created it. That with a heart is one of my emotes. It's my first emote. If you go and put that into somebody else's community, they go, hey, you're from our community. Cool, right, hey. And that's accepted fine. And it's that kind of idea that all of them can merge into one. And of course, yeah. you know, they don't it's, like that necessarily. Yeah. I've always loved it when uh, I'll be like moderating one chat and then I see a chat from somebody that I watch in a completely different time zone, a viewer like put one of their emotes in. I'm like, Hey, you're from XSY's stream. Good to see you. And then I put that remote, I put that emote at the end of that message to them. Like, they're like, we know, we know, we know that community with the in is there. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, this goes back to a point made earlier about, um, you know, finding where you are finding your community. That is kind of one of the fun things about it because I'll be in somebody else's community. Maybe that I've never been in before. And suddenly I'll see my emote and I'm like, wait, who the fuck? Where did you come from? <laughs> how did how you get this? How am I connected to this? Like I've been in I've been in streams like randomly when I haven't slept properly, been in a random Australian stream on just something I, I know nothing about. Like it's not even normal gaming that that just just fucking random. Uh, on someone that has like maybe a couple of hundred um followers, isn't even affiliate, like on just a random stream and suddenly Pooh Bear appears and I'm like, the fuck are you doing here? What, <laughs> what is that? But I mean, the, the, I mean, the most fun for, for us is, and, and I, I guess in TV terms, this would be a bit like an actor, a well-known actor turning up on set from another show, is when um, you see that purple tick. Yeah, that's always the most fun. And anyone that's getting into Twitch, um, you've got your normal, you've viewers, streamers affiliates partners and then you know fucking the big ones yeah, um but it's the, always the partner fun. plus program which is meant to be a secret that's not because everyone talks about it yeah <laughs> but it's like even though like i don't know kadea well but we know of each other and we are both followers of each you know i don't think she comes in that often but i'm this is always and anyone out there um, because I'm on this side of the team. Anyone out there that really wants to irritate Kadea, and you can uh, this one, you can tell you can tell her that I sent you. I am pro bounty. Now this isn't going to make any sense to anybody that isn't part of the communities, but I'm pro bounty. I, I infuriated Sophie with my response to this. <laughs> so I was going to say, I literally said in my own stream about being pro bounty, and suddenly a purple tick appeared, and I was like, what? the hell are you doing it and it's like it is that weird thing of going well okay it's kadea i mean i know kadea I've, I've spoken to kadea like she's done the podcast we have spoken in discord we like this isn't weird but again it is that thing of like the the purple tick that <laughs> you're in my stream i'm not a partner but you're in my stream which is kind of weird so what, were you gonna say? what was your infuriating thing for her 
so like I gave her such a detailed on the fence response. She was like, "This has annoyed me so much. You're going to be pro bounty just for your reply." And mine was, "I wouldn't obviously because I have to inject any time I ingest carbohydrates. So for me, food has to be worth it. The carbohydrate has to be worth the injection." And I would never inject just to have a bounty. I would never eat a bounty because to me, that's not worth the injection. But if I'm eating some celebrations and I'm having the Malteser teasers, the galaxies, and there's a bounty there, I'll have a bounty. I, I'll put it, I'll, I'll eat it. It's part of that because I'm already having the injection for everything else. So like, and she was like, I'm either going to create a different color for you during this, like <laughs> a mix of both, like a purplish or just be mad. And I was like, I was like just be mad. I mean, I'm I'm in I'm in the weirder camp of bounties are my favourite chocolate bar. I actually I will if I see a bounty that's the one I'm reaching for. The best of them is like yeah okay, but that's actually the one I would go for. Um, but it's it's the fun thing that um, during the whole kind of and anyone that doesn't know and is now going what the fuck are you guys even on about? Kadaya is very much anti-bounty and basically started a war in her Discord and in her community. And a friendly war, but still a war. Um, and I do YouTube. I've got a few different YouTube channels, but one of them, I do challenges for charity and recipes because I'm bringing out a recipe book, which is also going to be for charity. Ooh. And so I decided, why don't I do a recipe this week on how to make homemade bounties? <laughs> so I did, I, I, I did a recipe on how to make a homemade bounty and then put it into Kadea's Discord. <laughs> Part of me really wants to make that for a birthday and give it to us as a birthday present. Anyway, I will send you the recipe. I'll send you the video. It's a giant, just a, do a giant one and just... <laughs> Just send it over. Be like, just to show her, here's this massive pressure. Like, oh, what's this? And she, she might kill me, but it'll be worth it. She might also ban me for giving you the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> my mod sword will disappear like that. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it's quite funny with that. But yeah, I mean, it's that that was that was funny with that. But it's it, I like the the idea of that kind of communities overlapping. And the fact that you can have that. And, you know, people have been in, in my, who are members of my community who I've found through Kadea and then have come over and gone, oh, I watched you talking to, to Kadea. Oh, yeah, I want to be involved in this. And then they come over to it. And it's quite nice because I then, I then, then the nice thing is as well is that you can see some of the advice or the, the comments that me and Kadea make to this. There's a specific person that I'm thinking of, although there's others, but there's a specific person I'm thinking of who it's basically the same, the same thing we're saying. Um, and it's quite nice because I'm like, yeah, okay, I am. That is a connection I want. You know, that is a, the connection on Twitch I want. Um, and I, I like the fact that those communities do come together. And I think that's the adversarial side of traditional TV doesn't really work anymore in a modern day. And like you say, the, 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 the last two years is when it's even mainstream TV has had to go, uh, okay, you exist. Fine. We don't like it, but fine. <laughs> and that is the problem I, for everyone. Yeah, I've, apart from live sports, like, I don't really ever watch TV anymore. Like, I, yeah, I haven't done since my wife died in 2019. I haven't um, watched TV. Um, I don't even go into my lounge. I, I go through my lounge to get to the kitchen. There was a TV in there purely because it, it's a focal point. Um, yeah. But it's not connected as, to anything. <laughs> as, as Joe Tribbiani once said, you don't have a TV? What's all your furniture pointed at? I wish that wasn't a thing, but it really is. 
really is. I have really been is. I have been into houses where they have no TV and it doesn't look right to me. I'm like, <laughs> it's like but it's this is chaos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I literally, I mean, and for anyone that doesn't know around the world, because I know this is very strange um, for us in the UK, we need to buy a license to watch TV in the UK. Um, we don't have to pay for cable stuff like that, although we do have Sky, but we have to pay a certain amount of money for to watch TV, and it's it's illegal not to do so. Um, and when I rang them up and said, "Look, I don't watch TV. I don't need a license," and basically said, "I don't want to pay it," the confusion on you know in as, what do you mean you don't watch TV? Like it really kind of like what? And I, I, well, I they are they're looking at changing the law for a TV license to. So you to watch YouTube and like on and uh, I think Amazon Prime they're like oh they must need a TV license to watch that I'm like work I like that's never gonna happen like, it, it just won't work it, it, the entire the entire country would just go no I mean yeah. you can't you, you can't lich what are you gonna do I mean the, everyone the entire new Gen X the younger of the Gen X all of the millennials and all of Gen Z are just gonna go no. No. <laughs> if you try that, we'll, we'll shut the country down. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think does all the um, stuff for your TV, your computers? Who yeah. do you think runs it? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll never turn that program on. <laughs> yeah. That you, tracking service will uh, disable. Like, cool. There's actually that happened a, a while ago. I can't, I cannot remember. It always annoys me. I can't remember it because it was such a cult. I think it was a comic book. It was such a cult comic book, and they were going to make a film of it, and it just. They, they, the, the, um, the people that are making the, the studio just changed it to a point where the entire community that were behind the comic book just went, don't, don't, no. do not do it, or we will shut your studio down. They tried to push ahead, and I think within six hours, the entire studio was just shut down because it had been, it had been bot attacked for their emails. Everything had just, it just stopped working, and it's just like. It was a very kind of geeky, nerdy thing, and yeah. it's cliched. But what do you think those kids that were geeky and nerdy ended up doing? <laughs> it's like we worked in tech. And for anyone that doesn't know what I'm saying, we I worked as a, a broadband specialist. We we ended up working with computers. Like <laughs> it's what we it's what we did. We, we do this for a living. Yeah, it's you know it's one of those things. It's, it is very funny though when um, because I've moved more towards uh, Twitch when um, my nephews and people like that get not irritated but confused by the fact that i know things or that i've heard of something before them because they're like but you're old well yeah but you know <laughs> kind of help make this what this was yeah it's like I, it's so like when people it's what, like when younger people complain about tiktok being taken over millennials and millennials just went we we kind of created this platform yeah. <laughs> this is this this is for us yeah this is ours now we're taking it back pandemic has brought us here and we're staying <laughs> i think that there's a beautiful example of that of like the complaining to get something changed like and i think um the sonic movie is a great example of it but i honestly think the studio it was a double bluff because Same. i i honestly think that first trailer was done to get complaints and the real how sonic ended up looking was the plan all along because me and a me and a friend of mine sat down and went there is physically yeah. not yeah. enough time between that first trailer and that second trailer coming out to have redone all of that work. So that mo that trailer was done just to anger people, to get people talking about it, and then they, they go, look, we fixed it, we listened to you. Everyone goes, oh, you're brilliant. I'm like, 
I think that was the plan all along. And I would love it if it was. I, I'm I'm in the same camp. I, I thought that as well. I was like, there's no there's also no way that you were you'd be that tone deaf to have created the original version. I just because the people that are creating this grew up when when Sonic was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't believe that you would possibly have gone, yeah, this looks right. Really? Really? Like, no. Because the only reason that I and people go, oh, yeah, but then Super Mario Brothers. It's like, yes. But Super Mario Brothers came out in the very, very early 90s, uh, the film. And, of course, it was released on the NES in 85. So they hadn't grown up with it. They were just older people making films. Sonic. This IP is popular. Here's a film that has nothing to do with it. Exactly. Whereas Sonic, there was enough time that has gone that those that were doing Sonic are the people that grew up on it. So the idea that they created, I'm like, no, you're not. You can't be that tone deaf of your own nostalgia. It doesn't work. It doesn't. That's no. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking the wrong class there. Um, I'm just going to say, I think we've kind of gone over a lot of things. And as every as as ever, I we've gone off on many tangents because that is the point of a podcast for me. Yeah, Always and that's, that's what I do whenever I talk to anyone. Like, I am the worst when I used to do contracting and meetings. The first 45 minutes of a meeting of an hour-long slot was me telling random stories that had nothing to do with anything because somebody had mentioned one word and I go, ah, story time. Oh, oh, trust me, that's, that is literally me every time as well. This could go on for a lot longer, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, to me, podcast should always be a discussion that's being overheard in a pub. I think that's far better for people to listen to. That's why I don't set questions. Anyone out there that's looking to start podcasts, no, I don't set questions. I literally do them as I go. These questions that I ask are on the spot because I want to actually hear what someone's going to say because interviewing is bullshit when you come down to it unless of course you are the guy from hot wings who uh, from hot wings from um hot ones hot ones who is fucking amazing i love him Sean, such a good idea that's it's amazing i really should start um making people have um hot wings i mean clearly it'd work on you because yeah you can do it <laughs> um, so, <laughs> was there anything before we kind of um, log off though was there anything that you wanted to kind of bring up um, either a charity that you'd like people to support, and I'll put the, the link below, or a, a, you know, an event that's happening. Anything that you'd give advice on for people that's um, maybe struggling at the moment, or any, just anything that you'd like to go over that you don't think we have? Uh, even though they're not mental health related, or it's not a mental health related event, uh, I am advising and helping Water Aid as much as I can, and they have an event coming up in the next couple of weeks, Water Aid for helping the citizens of Nepal. Mm-hmm. Um, want to check that out i'm sure they would love any support any streamers who are looking to do anything um i get a lot of quick people ask me i've never done a charity stream how do i do it if you have that kind of question please hit me up on twitter hit me up on email whatever i'm more than willing to talk through to anyone how to do a charity stream because even if you're scared you won't raise anything like you won't get one donation that's not the point if the two three if you only start just it doesn't matter if you're streaming to three people, 500, 50,000. You're still getting a message of hope and support out there. And the people watching may not be able to donate, but they might talk to X person who can donate or somebody who's struggling with one of the problems that you're the particular charity that you're fundraising for and that you go, oh, I have this information from this stream. I can talk to them about it. And they can go, and the person, you, you don't know the help that you're giving. 
And that's, I think, something a lot of people miss when they're doing charity streams. They focus too much on going, oh, I can't raise this amount of money. There's no point in me doing it. Like, awareness is just important. Yes, charities need the donations to keep doing what they're doing. But the individual person can help with just awareness as much as anything else. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, the, the awareness is a big thing for a lot of charities. You know, even the one I mentioned earlier, Brains Trust, uh, a lot of people have never heard of it. Uh, the only reason my wife has because she was a nurse. So exposure, although it's hated by artists and um, people like that alike because you don't work for exposure, it is very helpful to charities because it's just like the next time somebody thinks of doing a charity event, it might be, oh, yeah, I heard about this thing on, on a, a live stream once. So it can be definitely very helpful. Um, all of what Sam has just said, um, I'll make sure I get the details off of him and it will be below us here. Um, so go into the, go into the downstairs, check it all out. It'll all be there at the Water Aid event, um, Sam's Twitter, everything like that. I'll even put his Twitch in there, even though he doesn't stream anymore, just in case one day he does bother. Caveat: I will be back on Twitch in May. Oh, next week actually for the launch of WWE 2K12, uh, 2K22, uh, because I do a lot of wrestling content. If it not knows my shirt, hardcore into my wrestling. Um, Okay, so well, I mean, so, depending on when this goes out, it'll either be Sam will have either just streamed or is about to stream or whichever one I decide goes and, up first. And I stream in May all the time anyway, because that's my main fundraising month. There you, there you go. And it will, be, uh, it will be for me as well. So I will probably be hitting Sam up because that is my wedding anniversary. So, um, but, uh, but yes, there were all the details will be below. Um, thank you, Sam, for joining us. Thank you, everyone out there for joining us. And if you are still here now listening to these final bits, thank you. Go and get yourself a cookie. You deserve it. And some, probably some alcohol at this point, let's be honest. Um, but thank you, everyone, for joining us. And if you're a diabetic, make sure you've got your insulin for that cookie. Yes do um but thank you everyone out there for joining us and we will see you next time cheers everyone